1: My name is Megan Eide, pastor in residency at St. Paul Lutheran Church. There are few things in our lives that hold more power than words. The conversations we share, the stories we tell, the ideas we express, all influence our senses of being and belonging. The same was certainly true in biblical times. The author of the book of James specifically draws our attention to the strength of that little part of the body we call the tongue. In today's reading, James invites us to consider how our words shape our senses of community and faith, and he pushes us in particular to ponder the power of prayer. The reading is from the fifth chapter of James. Are any among you suffering? You should pray. Are any cheerful? You should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick? You should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up and anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being just like us, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months, It did not rain on earth. The word of the Lord. Grace and peace to all of you. It feels absolutely incredible to stand before you, giving my first sermon as an ordained minister and as a member of St. Paul. I feel as though I've been anticipating this moment for a really, really long time, long before I had even heard of Davenport, Iowa. I studied religion at Gustavus Adolphus College, an ELCA affiliated school in the little town of St. Peter, Minnesota. After I graduated from Gustavus, I started the very next day as a full-time student at Luther Seminary and as a part-time pastoral intern. Of course, the pandemic made my education extra special I'll just leave it at that. So after an intense six years of studying and training for this moment, I moved down to the Quad Cities under the bold assumption, I've got this. Well, you know what they say about assumptions. Think back, if you will, to a time in your life when you began a major new chapter. Perhaps it was starting a new career or moving to a new place or enrolling in a new school. Simply being in that different environment, surrounded by unfamiliar faces and navigating an unfamiliar space and schedule can be daunting. You want to do all the right things. You want to learn people's names, learn your role and responsibilities and make a strong first impression but trying to do it all can feel a bit like drinking through a fire hose. At least, that's what I was experiencing my first hours into my first day here at St. Paul. And then I got a phone call from home. I learned that I was exposed to COVID by a family member and had to go quarantine for the weekend. How many of you know what a gut punch that is, especially those with kids? At that point, I struggled to figure out how I was going to keep drinking from the fire hose but at a social distance. There was no class on that in college or seminary. So after day one, I felt all I could do was pray, Dear Lord, if this is what I've got this feels like, I'm in for a long two years. Lord, in your mercy, hear my prayer. Now we talk a lot about the power of prayer and speech at church, because it comes up a lot throughout the Bible. In the book of James, for example, James points out the strength of this little, often forgotten piece of the body we call the tongue. We don't really think about exercising our tongue the way that we do our legs or our minds, but James insists that it is really our tongues that hold the most power in our bodies. And it is up to us whether we use the power of the tongue for good or for evil. James, in particular, warns us about the power of the tongue to tear apart individuals and communities through things like slander and gossip. But, as James emphasizes in this really memorable and pointed phrase, this ought not be so. So in today's reading, James gives us the flip side of this phrase. He details how the tongue should be used. And he starts by asking us these three questions. And I bet every one of us in this room can answer yes to at least one of these questions. James asks, Are any among you sick? You should call for others to pray for you. Are any among you suffering? You yourself should pray. And are any among you cheerful? You should sing songs of praise. If you answered yes to any of these, then James is speaking to you, encouraging you to share both your burdens and your joys with others. Instead of covering up pain or tempering down your excitement as has become second nature for so many of us, James invites us to open up and to let one another in to our real experiences. Even those experiences we would rather not recall, like our mistakes or the sins that may be weighing on our hearts, James pushes us to fight that impulse to isolate and silent ourselves And instead, to be honest and vocal, giving our others the chance to stand by us in our successes and our failures. In all these ways, we are to seek involvement and connection in the lives of one another. Now, standing by one another through the highs and lows of life, pushing ourselves to that level of vulnerability, was somewhat of a novel not to mention terrifying, experience in biblical times. And it still feels that way today. Many of us come to church on Saturday or Sunday with the protective shield of a smile on our faces and a set plan of three simple steps. Worship, coffee, exit. But as James highlights again and again, it is the words that we share with one another the stories that we exchange over coffee, the greetings that we pass in the parking lot. These are the interactions that shape us as a community. However small or apparently insignificant, the words that we share with each other set the stage for belonging, comfort, and closeness. I mean, there is some emotional relief in answering honestly to the question, how are you today? There's some release of pressure for perfection when we all gather as one as sinners and come up for communion. And there's something remarkable about looking around the room at people of different ages, different neighborhoods, different walks of life and thinking in this space, There are others here who have my back, and I have theirs. I mean, that is truly what it means to be a Christian community. A community in which I've got you, and I trust that you've got me, and that God's got us. God's got us all together. So speech that nourishes community also nourishes our faith because what we share from our hearts gets added onto the hearts of those around us and onto the heart of the one who created us. Even today, some of you came through those front doors just beaming, practically singing with joy about the new birth in your family or about a breakthrough at work or let's be honest, about the coming victory of your favorite sports team. I won't name names. Others of you were courageous enough to express yourselves and open up about grief over sickness of a loved one or a chronic pain you can't seem to shake. And those words, feelings, and experiences shared are all part of our worship here, from the hymn of praise to the prayers of the people to the sharing of Holy Communion. For many of us, all of the speech and sharing that goes on in worship may seem routine or even just plain mundane. But think of it this way. Where else can we gather as a group of otherwise total strangers and attempt to open up about our vulnerabilities and mistakes, our highs and our lows? Where else might we dare to believe That the weight of the world rests not on our shoulders but in the hands of the one who created it that after all is the gospel promise god's got us god does not rest until the lost have been found god welcomes the overlooked and the vulnerable into places of care and esteem and god shepherds the sick and took places of comfort and healing. Even on those days when we may struggle and feel flooded by the fire hose, we can show up in the presence of God and one another and know that we are loved. That is God's promise to us. And that is my promise to you. That over our journey together these next two years, I promise that I've got you in the best ways that I know how and can manage. And I have faith that you've got me in the same way. And together let us rejoice that God's got us. Amen. In fact. Lord, keep teaching us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. My dear friends in Christ, may the Lord bless and keep you through all of your days, the times of suffering, the times of sickness, the times of joy, in the times of hope. And may you always know that you rest in the palm of God's hands, now and forever. God's got you. Amen.
0: I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And thanks for your support of the Ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.